upgrade myself here. So I'm, I'm using my Kindle for my sermon and my cell phone. So see, if this one clocks out, I still got this one. So, so um, it's a good to be here. Uh, I don't know how many of you are recuperating, using this week to recuperate uh, from being with family and the Christmas rush. It's, it's all over the Christmas rush, but now we got, now we're, we're, we're done with that, but we're right before the, the whole New Year's deal, right? So we're, we're in that in-between time. Some of us are feeling relaxed, maybe because um, it's all over, uh, maybe because we're getting back to our, our regular routine, life as normal. Some of us are bummed out because we have to get back to our regular routine and life as normal. Um, it amazes me how we can have two uh, exactly the same type of people um, and they encounter the exact same situation and they have totally opposite reactions uh, to the same thing. And, and you know, I think the holidays bring that out in us. We see all the difference and all the, the good and the bad and... Uh, I appreciated my brother when he prayed before and he was talking about how difficult the season can be. And that's the truth, right? It can be really, really difficult. And some of us, we just, we don't really like the holidays. Some of us love them. Can't, can't wait. We're bummed out and we're looking forward to next year already. Um, my wife, she was done shopping months ago. Uh, she's already starting for next year, I'm sure. Um, now we're in this New Year's waiting kind of mode where I'm guessing a lot of us, we're going to go through this next week and we're going to think back over the last year. We're going to make resolutions. Um, kind of a joke, aren't they? I mean... But it's good. It's good to think back. We're constantly told throughout Scripture, remember, remember, remember. I mean, it's, it's a continuous theme right on through Scripture. So it's good to kind of look back so that we can look forward. And that's what it's supposed to be for, right? Look back so we can look forward. Uh, and some of us, we're, we're, we're going through, we're making resolutions, we're making promises, we're determining schedules, we're writing down goals, uh, we're making plans. And so here we are, we're done with Christmas, last minute shopping, the wrapping, the thoughts of holidays, being with family and friends and other events, we're, we're making plans for the new year, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. We're in the in-between time, right? The in-between time. It's almost New Year, but not yet. Now, if you really think about it, most of our life is lived in the in-between times. It requires us to sort of be in the waiting mode. Somewhere in between placing the order in the catalog and waiting for it to come in the mail. Uh, somewhere in between going to get to the doctor and getting the test and waiting for the phone call and the results. Somewhere in between the phone call that we know we need to make.
to that particular person. We're, we're, we're in between. We've prayed. We've done all we could with this particular relationship, and nothing's happened yet, and we're waiting. We're waiting for a person's heart to change. We're waiting for the miracle to happen that we've been praying and praying and praying for. Sometimes living in the in-between time causes us to have all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of fears. Um, what's going to happen in the future? What is God going to do now? Um, does God know my needs? Uh, what if? What if? The unknown in between time is really unsettling for most of us. How do we live in the in between times? Because so much of life has really lived there. You know, I, 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 um, I have five children. And uh, to me, um, a day off, you know, kids have a day off school. So I remember when it used to be great, it used to be thrilling, it used to be fun. I can remember uh, before kids, when we had a day off, it was great. It was nice and quiet at home. You kind of lay in bed, sleep late. It, those things don't happen in my house. Sleeping late, no, no, no. Quiet, absolutely not. And not only what I found is that I have five children, and they have lots of friends, each one of them. So we always have a pack. I, I come home, usually we have other kids that, that we call them our our sixth and seventh and eighth child. We always have a house full. Um, the idea of a quiet night at home, it, it doesn't exist in my house. Uh, my one son was back there. He had to leave. He had to go to work. And uh, it's, it's been really exciting now getting to know him as a man. He's 18, and I have 18, 17, uh, 15, 12, and 11. So we're, we're a house full of teenagers. And if you've gone through that phase as a parent, um, you know it can be trying, testing. Um, and, uh, but I love it. I love it. And I was, I was talking to a friend of mine a while back, uh, Jim, and I said, Jim, what, what's the best time? Now, he's got four grown kids. They're all off and, and living in different places of the country. And, and Jim got all emotional on me. And he had tears in his eyes. And this was about 10 years ago. My kids were still in, in grade school. And, and he looked at me. He goes, right now where you are. Right now where you are. And I was asking to him because I, asking him because I'm kind of pulling my hair out at the time, you know, going through it. And isn't that the way it always is? Is that we're in the middle. We're in that in-between time. They, they've not yet grown and become... The, the, the men and the women that we hope they will become. And, and, but they've been born. They, they they're, they're exist. And, we're, and we're, we're, we're kind of doing life, hoping that they're going to become. And, and do, do you know where I'm, It's that in-between time. It's that in-between time. We're, we're not where we want to be, but we're, but we're not where we started. And it's that, that in-between time. And God has always, always, always counseled us to live 
in the in-between times. And he's always told us how to do it. Um, again, my brother prayed, and he said that he, got, he gets, gets caught up in the busyness. And we all do. And we get ca caught up in what's, what's there or, or what's there. We get caught up in the, what's the doctor going to say when he calls or, 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 or the test and how it went. And, 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 and we don't know. And, and all these thoughts come up. And, and how often do we worry about so many things in those in-between times that we forget to live life? And we waste time and energy, precious time, precious energy, in the what's going to happen uh, thoughts. Um, God's people have always faced the unknown, have always survived because of God's support. And, and let's not sugarcoat those moments. They are hard. Uh, but it, the truth is, the in-between times is when the bulk of a Christian character is forged. There were a lot of in-between times for them as they walked by faith rather than sight. But just how do we live during those times? From the time, from, from the beginning of time, we've had those moments. Um, although I don't think we've ever interpreted them as such. Adam and Eve left the garden not knowing really what to do or where to go. They just left. Abraham took his son up to the mountain uh, to sacrifice him, knowing that God loved him, but not knowing what God had planned. Not knowing what God was going to do. The in-between time. Joseph trusted God, even though he faced betrayal from his brothers. A boss that wasn't very faithful to him, and, and yet another that, that didn't honor him at all. And, and he didn't know why he was in prison. He didn't know why all these things were happening to him. And I'm sure in those in-between times, before he became second in command of all of Egypt and left being a son, a loved son. In that in-between time, I'm sure it was difficult. I'm sure he wanted to quit. I'm sure he wanted to give up. The Israelites faced the unknown as they journeyed through the sea and the desert to a promised land they'd never seen. Now, people might say, yeah, Dave, but they, they complained the whole way. <laughs> they rebelled against Moses. And you might be right, but here's the thought. They still followed him. They didn't have to. And, and what about Joshua, who, who brought in uh, and, and Caleb and Moses? Uh, they saw the promised land. They saw the promised land. They knew what, what they were after. But not at first. They had to struggle with trust, too. They didn't know what was ahead, but they still trusted. Mary and Joseph faced a lot of in-between moments. Man. Joseph uh, was asked to marry Mary, a woman he loved, but a woman who was pregnant. And it wasn't his kid. Stop. Think. Think about the in-between time that he had. <sighs> I can't even imagine how that must have ripped him apart. What did he do? 
What did he do for all those moments, for all that time where he struggled? Should I? Shouldn't I? What's the right thing to do? What? I love this woman, but how could this have happened? Here we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But what happened? What happened after his birth until he was 12 years old? We don't know. In between time. What happened? Was he a good kid? Was he a bad kid? Was he totally obedient? I, I, we read the little story there. Was that being obedient? Well, yes, Scripture said it was, he was obedient. But I don't know. I could see my mom thinking that was being disobedient. I could see my mom giving me a paddling for doing that. In between time. We don't know. What was Mary doing? What was Joseph doing? Hey, they struggled. They had to have struggled with, this is God's kid. This is God's kid. Did I, did, I, did I do it right? Did I parent right? Did I, how do we do this? How do you parent God? I, think about those emotional roller coasters that they were on. And then between 12 and 30, what was happening? The in-between time. What was Mary doing all that time? What was she doing when, when Jesus got of age to start fending for himself? I mean, you know, when she said, Jesus, garbage needs to be taken out. Did, did he say, hey, send James? I mean, did he do what, what my kids do? And, you know, it's a pecking order. Jesse says, Nate, go get the garbage. Nate goes, Josh, get the garbage. And it just kind of works its way down. Is, is that, I mean, we know that Jesus had brothers. We know he was the oldest brother. What happened? Was Mary wondering, when is this whole God thing going to happen? Yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good man. But Jesus, I don't know what to do, and you got to get a job. Bills have to be paid. Come on, your father is a carpenter. Get into the family business here. And he did. And he became, it was Joseph and sons. I, I don't know, when, when you have a son or a child and they're 30 years old, aren't you thinking they're in their career path? Aren't you thinking that, did Joseph think that? Did Mary think that? Did they wonder, when's the God stuff going to happen? I don't know miracles. We don't, we don't read anything miracles. What happened in the in-between time? And we know that most likely the wise men visited Jesus when he was probably around two years old. Oh, that was significant, right? I mean, we know that they had to run to Egypt for a while and live there. What was that like? You have a small baby in a foreign land. You didn't speak the language. How do you fend? What do you do? Where do you live? Tough in between time. What were they doing? How did they live? Oh, we just get glimpses. We don't really know. We know that Mary and Joseph knew the promise. They knew God was active. They knew their son was special. But we read nothing about their lives that is extraordinary 
in the in-between times. And that was a lot of years. That was a lot of years. 30 years. Jesus grew up, became a carpenter. Probably helped his brothers do the same thing. We don't really know what they did for a living. All the while, Mary and Joseph wondered, again, when's the special stuff going to happen? When is it going to take place? I would imagine Joseph sometime in that, in that, we don't read about him when Jesus starts his public ministry. So my assumption is, is that Joseph somewhere along the line died. So I, I thought, well, what did he do? When he was laying there knowing that this was the end, what did he do? Did he wonder, God, did I hear you right? It, is this really your son? Did he question? I, we don't know. We don't know, but he was human. He was like you and I. And he was in the in-between times. He hadn't seen the miracle happen yet. At least not the way he thought it was going to happen. I'm sure he made plans. All we have is Matthew 1.20. It said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's all he had. And he had to trust. He had to trust with the unknown. He had to trust in the in-between times. Did Mary wonder and maybe even get scared of what was going to happen? After all, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. But nothing was happening. So the questions must have poured in. And then fast forward 30 years, Mary would have to wait just like the others when Jesus' body laid in the grave. He died. The resurrection didn't happen yet. What did they all do during that Saturday? The in-between time. Jesus died. That was their hope. That was their life. That was everything to them. He died. He was in the grave. Oh, yeah, he said he's going to rise again. But it didn't happen yet. The resurrection hadn't occurred. It was an in-between time. What did they do? Do you blame Peter for going out and going back to fishing? What did you do in the in-between times when you've done all you can do and you don't know what else to do? What do you do? What do you think? Maybe that command, do not be afraid, wasn't for that moment. Maybe that command, do not be afraid, was for the next 33 years that we're going to follow. For a lot of us, the new year is on a horizon, and it's unknown. For a lot of us, this topic goes way beyond just a New Year's celebration. We've been living it. We have been facing a situation, an illness, a, a relationship, a personal struggle. Whatever it is, we've entered into it, and we've done everything that we think and that we know that we can do, but we still haven't received the promise. We still haven't received the miracle. We still haven't seen the conclusion, and we're in the in-between times, and we're trying to live life after we've done everything we know what to do, and we're struggling with it. And 
that's tough to keep praying and you don't get an answer. Of course, some people would say, well, you do get an answer, Dave. The answer is wait. The answer is I'm taking care of it. And that is the truth. But we still got to struggle with the in-between time. We're still in waiting mode, right? That's not easy. So how do we live in these in-between times? And here's what I want to remind each of us today. The God of the future and of the past is also the God of the present and the in-between times. As you and I face the new year with its unknowns, I think God is telling us, don't be afraid. I am in control. So how do we live in the in-between times? The first thing is we've got to come to a place like Joseph did, like Mary did, like all of those that came before us did. We've got to trust. And that is a simple word to throw out, trust. We have to trust because, number one, he knows the details. Mary was given some specific details about Jesus, yet, yet he was still human, yet she was still human. Uh, he was going to be everlasting. He would be like a shepherd over his people. He would be their peace. God knows the specific details of the events that are going to happen in your world and my world. He knows the details, but we don't. Sometimes, on occasion, we're given a few details. But then they're left. And let's face it, some of us are really thankful that we're only given a few details. Because if we were given more of them, we would run for the hills, right? We wouldn't enter into this relationship. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have gone into that business. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have done that if we, had we known the details. So we have to trust, come to a place of trusting in the in-between times that he knows the details. And that fact alone should give us hope, should give us a certain amount of courage to take steps of faith. But it, we still struggle with it, don't we? It's easy to say. Not only does he know the details, but he knows how to work out the details. You shared about your house, right? Details. Yeah, now you don't want the first one. Now, second one's not good. Third one, that's the charm. Hopefully, right? Prayerfully. I, I mean, what's, a, what's that song that sang years ago, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? We don't know. We don't know what the details are, we, but he does. He knows how to work the details out. And more often than not, and I don't know how you guys, how your lives have, 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 have gone, but more often than not, he comes out of left field with stuff in my life. Wow, I did not see that coming. I was blindsided in a good way. Hey, I've been blindsided in a bad way. What about you? If you haven't, you haven't lived long enough yet. You will. I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm saying that because that's life. It rains. It doesn't matter who you are. The rain comes. So does the sunshine, right? We have the tendency to think that God is far off in the in-between times that he's forgotten us, that he's abandoned us. Lord, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. 
please, God, take this away. Please, God, I can't, I can't go on. Change them. Change this. I don't want to do this anymore, God. How often have you come before the Lord if you're a believer, if you're a follower of his, and you said, God, I don't understand this. I, I, I can't do this anymore. And then thought to yourself, no, I, I can. I, I know I can. I just don't really want to. I, we live in an immediate society, don't we? We want things immediately. So when we pray, we want the answer. When we have the test and we're praying for healing, we want the healing. We want the miracle. We don't get that one day is like a thousand and a thousand is like one day in the Lord's time, uh, understanding of time, um, time, human concept. Have you ever thought about that time? We invented that. It doesn't exist with God. And so we get impatient when it's taken him a little bit longer than we think it should take. Right? I'm sure Joseph felt that way in that prison. God, I've been here. It's been three years. Come on already. You need to learn some stuff. You need to, the rough edges had to get sanded off there, Joseph. Yeah, but that's happened. I've learned. Really? Be patient. It's going to be a little while yet. Come on, God, I gave that guy a good interpretation of his dream. He went up. He got blessed. He, he forgot me. God, that was a perfect opportunity for you to get me out of here. Come on, God. I got another way. It's going to make you second in all of Egypt. But it's got to be my way, you see. If I do it your way, you might get out of here. But you're not going to be second in Egypt. Jeremiah 1.12, it says, uh, The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. God is watching over his word to perform what he said. Events shaping up. We're going to take Mary and Joseph to places they didn't necessarily want to go. I'm sure that Mary was fearful about the details, and so God just gave her a few of them. You're going to have a son. You're going to name him Jesus. He shall be called great. The Lord's going to give him the throne of his father, David. He's going to reign in the house of Jacob. Mary asked, how could this be? And then the angel said, don't worry about the rest of the details. God's got you covered. In our in-between times, we often worry and worry and stew about things, the details, the details, rather than just trust God. The Lord knows how to work out the details in spite of things looking impossible. That's why we're told in Luke 137, it says, for with God, nothing is impossible. How often do you feel like it is impossible, right? God, I'm telling you, Lord, they're never going to change. They're never going to change. I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed. They're still the same. I don't see any change in them. How many of you have been there? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, 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 a kid, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a, a significant other, but you feel that way. I pray, God, they're still like that. 
maybe you're with them not because God wants to do something in them, because God wants to do something in you. Think about things in your life that look impossible right now. Think about the things you worry, fret, stew about. Think about the times when you ask, how, how can God do this? I don't see any way possible for this to work. I, I don't know, God, how, how are you going to answer this prayer? It's too difficult. Too much, too much time has gone by. Too many mistakes have been made. I've messed up too much, God. I screwed things up. Think about the fears as we live in the in-between time between the old and the new. What do we do when we're unsettled and all churned up inside because God isn't doing what we want, when we want it? Where else do we have to go? To our family, to our friends, to our job? Look, the bottom line is you and I both know where to go. We got nowhere else to go except to God, right? We have no one else to trust except God. And when we finally get to that place of really trusting him with the details, the in-between times, when we get to that place, that's when certain things start to take place. I'm convinced that's why Joseph spent so much time in that jail. Because Joseph needed to change. Because Joseph needed to trust. And there is no other way to learn it than to live it. He came to give us peace too. That's part of trusting him. When we trust, when we finally take that, that burden, that struggle, that, that in-between time and say, okay, God, here it is. How do we live in it? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you with the details. When we finally come, that's when he gives us peace. And for these scriptures, constantly throughout scripture, we're reading about peace. Micah 5.5 5 says, and he will be their peace. Isaiah, Isaiah prophesies, for unto us a child is born, uh, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. At the announcement of his birth in Luke 2.14, the angel said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. How can we know and how can we live without fear in the in-between times? How can we have uh, peace in our, our lives when the world caves in, when we're praying and nothing has happened, when we're sick and we're facing these uncertainties? Uh, the Jesus who came at Christmas time said to the disciples and to us, let not your hearts be troubled, John 14. 1. Peace I leave to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Colossians 3.15, we're saying, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It can't rule unless we let it rule. And if you insist, if I insist on being the one in control, if I insist on knowing all the details, if I insist on saying, I'm not giving you the in-between times, God, I am going to run things. We won't experience the peace. Will we be a child of God? Absolutely. We're his kids, if you have a relationship with them. But that doesn't, that doesn't 
mean that you immediately have and are resting in that peace. That comes with the trust aspect. So maybe you've been praying, and maybe you've been praying for that. But I'm going to throw out, maybe you've not been trusting in him. You've been praying for the peace, though. You can't have one without the other. So, how do we live in the in-between times? First thing is we got to trust. Second thing is pray. To make an earnest petition to. I'm not going to spend time on something we all understand, or maybe we don't. Prayer is not holy. Prayer is not religious. It simply is. It is simply talking to God. In anger, in peace, any way communication allows you. Because he knows our hearts. He knows what you mean. So when we get before him and we, and we, we have this flowery uh, speech and, and it's all filled with this religious jargon and God is saying, come on, man, you're ticked off. Let's just be honest with each other here. I, God knows our hearts. He knows. Uh, what do you want? I mean, how many times, if you have kids, how many times does that happen? Your kid comes and is talking to you and is beating around the bush and say, what do you want? Let's cut to the chase here. I mean, it amazes me how much we try to fool God and we think, well, if I ask in this way or I do this, he knows. He knows. We have great men and women of faith and they are filled Fill our, the pages of our Bible, and they pray with furious anger. I mean, look at David. Goodness gracious. God, I want you to wipe them out. Wipe out their kids' kids. Wipe, blot their names out of the book of life. Goodness, you're a little ticked off, right? But we have it written in Scripture. Why? Because it's real, because it is. That's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. And it's David pouring out his heart to God. And he's saying, I'm angry. I don't get you, God. I don't understand this. I'm in this in-between time. And, and mm, mm, you know, I mean, I, I often wonder when it talks about the spirit interceding with us with groans that are, are not understandable. I'm, I'm wondering, maybe that's the anger time. Have you ever been like that with God? Do you talk to God like that? I think he wants us to. I think that's part of what prayer is. God, I'm struggling in the in-between time. I don't want to do this anymore. He wants us to come with all those emotions, the good ones, the happy ones. I'm so excited, God. I'm so excited. Why? Because there's no gray in my hair. My wife said, no, I'm just, she's, you know, I mean, that's a small little thing that sometimes we, we get so excited about, we get so touched about, and we, we, we almost feel silly sharing it with somebody, and yet God is, he's thrilled to hear about it. We need to make prayer not a program, not a method. We need to make it communication with our God who is our Father, who loves us dearly and knows every tear we cry in silence. That's what prayer needs to be. 
our heart connecting with Him. We need to trust, we need to pray, and then we need to obey. It's simple. Do what He says. James tells us to do what the Word says, not leave the book and forget what it says, but to go on with our day on a regular, everyday path and do what the Word says. We don't want to do what it says most of the time. That's where we struggle, right? So we make a religious issue out of it. We make it about him and not about us. When it really is about us, do what he says, period. When he says to forgive, forgive. I don't want to forgive. Because it's too hard to forgive that person. If I forgive that person, I'm letting them off the hook. And I don't want to let them off the hook because God, they deserve to know what they did. They hurt me. Now, if I forgive them, that's not making mention of it. I need to tell them that they need to hear the truth. The truth is good for them. No, no. The truth is your way of punishing them. You're going to tell them the truth because It'll bring them down and it'll bring you up. So, yeah, you really telling them the truth because it's good for them? Come on, let's be honest. We're telling them the truth because it's our way of punishing them. Not all the time. But let's be honest. How many times have you said that they, need, they needed to know the truth? Someone had to say it. And that someone, I guess, is you, you know? But we do that, don't we? Really, what are we doing? We're not forgiving. James says to forgive. Do what it says. How? Forgive. Really forgive. I don't know how many of you uh, struggle with that. I do. I read an outstanding book. Uh, I'll throw it out to you just because it, it, very few times. Uh, I think last time I came, I... I, I made mention of a, a classic, Absolute Surrender, that I was reading by Andrew Murray. I've read it, I don't know how many times now in the last couple of years. Outstanding book, classic. This book by a guy named R.T. Kendall, Total Forgiveness. I don't know if any of you have read it. Outstanding book. But what it, what it has done to me, it has totally changed the way I think about forgiveness. And what I've realized is how little I really do forgive. And it's, it's sobering, it's convicting it's not in a in a bad way where he's pointing his finger and in fact if anything I feel like this guy every time he says something he's he's letting you know I'm struggling with this I struggle with this and and uh, you know I think that is the truth is that we struggle with what the word says it says to forgive well I struggle with forgiving but I need to forgive I need to struggle through the struggle that's why I entitled this living through the in-between times. When he says to trust, where's the trust? Does it, trust really means just that, trust. It means letting go and letting God. And I know that's a simple phrase, but that's really what it is. Yeah, I'm going to fall. Yep, you are. You absolutely are. You let go, you're going to fall. But that's what trust is. You got to trust. When he says to love, do I really? Our problem is simple with most of this stuff. We just don't want to do what it says. We want all the good stuff, but we, 
We never realize that all the good stuff, all that peace and joy and blessing is tied to this thing called obedience. We always want to be his kids and receive his blessing, but we don't want to necessarily heed his word, accept it, surrender to it, and to him. Will he forgive us? Absolutely. That's what Christ did at the cross. Do you realize that? He did that already. Hey, you can forgive yourself. You can't because it's already been paid for. You don't have to feel guilty about that thing that you did yesterday. You can ask for forgiveness and put it behind you. Yeah, you can because Jesus already died because we got the cross. He paid. Uh, will he punish us? Absolutely not. God doesn't work that way. You know why? He already did. He punished Jesus. Jesus took it already. That sin has already been paid for. Will he use us? Yeah. Will he fill us? Yep. Why? Because we're his kids who he loves. Because we're willing to be used. Because he wants to use us. Because he wants to fill us. He's already proved that to us in Jesus, in the cross. So he says, in the in-between times, when you don't know what to do, when you've done everything you know what to do, what do you do? You just keep trusting, you keep praying, and you keep obeying. Don't stop doing what you do know what to do because of what you don't know what to do. Sometimes all we can do is just hang in there. That's my standard phrase. Now, how you doing, Dave? Hanging in there. You're going to hear me say it. You come up to me next month, how you doing, Dave? Even if you know I'm going through a real rough time, I'm probably going to say I'm hanging in there. Because that's a lot of times that's all we can do is just hang in there. And most of our lives are going to be lived in the in-between times. So we get to this last word that I'm going to leave you with. Uh, daily. Daily. Um, one day at a time, we hang in there. The strange thing is, is that as that happens to us, and as we daily come before the Lord and say to the Lord, today I'm going to trust you. Today uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk to you. Today I'm going to attempt to obey you. Father, help me to trust you. Help me. And we're talking to him through that day. And what's an amazing thing is that the good stuff, the peace and the joy and the blessings, seem to flow into our lives, and we didn't even ask for them. Suddenly, we're basking in the presence of God. We're living in the presence of God. We don't really quite know how we got there. I'll tell you how you got there. You got there by trusting, by praying, by obeying. Every day. Every day we got to come to before the Lord, and every day we got to surrender anew. That's why it says, take up your cross daily and follow me. I think I said this to you all once before. They knew what the cross meant. The cross meant death. It didn't mean a religious symbol of Jesus. It meant death. And when Jesus said to them, take up your cross daily and follow me, they understood that that meant I want you to die every day. Die to what? Die to ourselves. Die to being our own God. I want you to die every day and surrender to me. I want you to forgive and, and, and plan on forgiving all that day. <laughs> How many times do I forgive him? 
Jesus said 70 times 7, meaning just got to keep doing it over and over and over again. Every day, every day we wake up, his mercies are new, his grace is new, and it's a brand new day. And all of a sudden we string those days into, in, in the in-between times and suddenly we've gone by and it's been a year and it's been two years and suddenly, wow, how do I do this, Lord? How do I live in the in-between times? I can't take it anymore. Yes, you can. You've just, you've just gone through two years of it. Yes, you can. And with my grace and with my mercy, you can go through it as long as you're in it. And you can still experience all the good stuff that I want you to do. But it's going to be a daily thing. So this new year filled with unknowns, good times and bad, how do we live in those in-between moments? One day at a time. One day at a time. And maybe that needs to be our resolution. Jesus this year, I'm going to live one day at a time as you give me each day. And come what may, I am going to trust, I am going to pray, and I am going to obey as best I can. And if I don't do good today, tomorrow I'm going to start new again and again and again. How do we live in the in-between times? Those words... They're simple, they're profound, and they make all the difference. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the example you've given to us in your word of so many people that have gone on before us, and they have shown us how to live by faith, and they've shown us the struggle that it takes at times. Father, I pray that this day we would take you at your word. Father, I pray that you would show us how to string together our days in these in-between times. And Father, I pray that we would learn especially how to trust you with all the details. Father, how to pray authentically and honestly and continuously. And Lord, um, how to obey your word, how to do all these simple things that we talk about, but to do them really in Jesus' name.